There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And uh, we've got ourselves a hell of an episode because there is a lot to talk about. We've got some trailers, we got some news, and then we're going to go into uh, The Boys. We're going to review The Boys uh, Season 2, which turned out to be, spoiler alert, my favorite se- series of 2020 so far. Until the end of the f- October. Yeah, well... We know what happens yeah. <laughs> in October. Mandalorian comes back, and that could kind of shift everything. But uh, we've got two new tenants to the trailer park, Chuck. Yeah. Um, land is occupying very quickly in uh, the Active Geek trailer park. But uh, one of them's for 2020, uh, and one of them's for 2021. Hmm. Let's start with uh, 2021, the more of the optimistic one, and that's Invincible. Uh, and not Mark Wahlberg, not Vince Papali. <laughs> Not fi- not football, but more of Image Comics, Robert Kirkman, uh, Seth Rogen, and Amazon Prime. Uh, we're getting an animated series that looks uh, really good. Yeah. Like right off the bat, like when I saw that trailer, and it like carries through. Like you hear J.K. Simmons' voice, and you're like, all right, anything that he's attached to is gold. And you hear Stephen Young, you hear him doing his thing, and like you're watching them talking to each mm-hmm. other. And you think that they're having a catch on your street or your front yard. And then, like, at the end of the trailer, it pans up and they're, like, floating above all the houses in their town. And he throws the ball around the world. What did you think of the trailer? It looked great. Um, Definitely look reminiscent to the um, DC animated stuff, which, you know, we talk in nauseam how great that animation is. And uh, it, I don't know. I didn't really do research on the trailer, but. I don't know if it's the same people, but it's definitely the same style. But it it looks amazing. I'm really curious to see Seth Rogen's character. Uh, we haven't seen him. I think it's like Alien Al or something. Like yeah, he's got a weird name. It's like something the Alien, and um, which is perfect for him. Uh, it looks great. I knew a little bit about the comic just because you ranted and raved about it a couple months ago. Um, but it looks fantastic, and I'm kind of hoping since it is Amazon Prime, it's a little more adult. Yeah, it's supposed to be. I believe this is going to be an MA uh, franch- a franchise, but it's, you know, for people who don't know what Invincible is, it's a superhero from Image Comics and Skybound Entertainment. Uh, Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead, created him, and he's essentially Image's version of Superman Yeah, in a lot of aspects. Uh, he comes from a peaceful planet, and then his dad's a superhero, a Omni-Man, and there's a bunch of monsters and creatures and aliens that he has to fight, and he's got all the superhero powers, uh, dehanced de- de- aging. This, the, the template is there. It's laid out for a superhero, but the, in the story, there's a lot that kind of breaks down. There's some more arcs that I don't want to spoil because, you know, this is a new property to a lot of people. Yeah, It's... Uh, reminiscent of the boys the umbrella academy Mm -hmm. where you go in there and it's on streaming services that you trust and you have to have high expectations and you see this trailer and then you're like oh wait this is really good but then you see the cast and you alluded to seth rogan and i said jk simmons and stephen young but it's got sandra oh zazie beats mark hamill may whitman jason manzoukas carrie payton walton goggins zachary quinto mahershala ali uh, Michael Cudlis, Lenny James, Ross Marquand. I'm trying to go over all the. I wrote down their 
um, Walking Dead names, uh, Lauren Cohan, Chad L. Coleman, and uh, Shanika Martin-Green. So Robert Kirkman went back and got a lot of his friends from The Walking Dead to do this. And, man, I am uh, 100% on board for this. And it comes out in uh, 2021. And hopefully it's not a bingeable series. like, Or hopefully it is a bingeable series and not episodic like The Boys, although we'll talk about that. I did kind of like it. I mean, it's Amazon Prime, and I haven't seen anything that they have epi- that isn't episodic. So... Wait, what do you mean? What does Amazon Prime that have that's binge-worthy? All of their stuff. Upload was binge-worthy. Utopia is binge-worthy. Really? Boy Season 1. Uh, the Tick. The Tick? No, uh, I else? swear The Tick was episodic. Mm-mm. Carnival Row, all episodic. Or all uh, Jack Ryan, both seasons, were all binge-worthy. See, I watched Jack Ryan like way later, so I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, that's the beginning of our 10-year late segment with Chuck Miller. <laughs> but you uh, you actually ran in and raved about, uh, raved about DC Animation. Uh, Death in the Family, their movie's out currently. Yes. Um, I, wa- I watched it. Very disappointed. Really? Yeah, because uh, what it is, it's a bunch of shorts piled into one. And I, uh, you know... I watched the digital copy. I spent the $6 on Xfinity to watch it, thinking that we were going to get the interactive movie that we were hoping for. And you have to buy the physical copy for it to be interactive. And it didn't say anywhere on the the order that it wasn't interactive. So I was a little let down. That sucks. So you didn't get to see the full version then? No, it's like it was like 20 minutes. And then there were like four other movies. Hmm. Like four other characters have their own movies, and the first movie is just Batman narrating everything. That is disappointing. Yeah. Super disappointing, but that's not for this episode. We'll talk about that at another time. That's my, you know, my bitch and moan episode. But let's uh, let's move to the movie that's coming out in 2020 that I think nobody asked for, yeah. uh, and it's Monster Hunter. Uh, Paul W S Anderson and Mila Jovovich, T I, Megan Good, Tony Jaa. Ron Perlman. It's got a pretty good looking cast. Yeah. Um, saw the trailer. It looks like every Paul West Anderson or Paul W S Anderson movie I've ever seen. I think it looked cool, and you know I don't hate cool. Paul um, W S Anderson. When I was watching it, I got very. I felt like it was a a mixture of Stargate and um, Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah, uh, because your you're sent into a military world uh, with everybody in their little Humvee and a doom buggy. Um, I don't like. I don't know what where they're fighting, but that doom buggy didn't seem practical. And then they see these giant towers with markings on it and etchings. And Ti must be the Cade Yeager of the group. <laughs> yeah. And says he goes. Well, these they look super ancient. And then they go investigate. And then a thunderstorm happens, and they get transported into a world of monsters where Tony Jaa is the only one who knows what's going on. And he's got all these badass weapons. I'm assuming he's from that world and he's not part of her crew because his name is just Hunter. Uh, but it, it gave me like Resident Evil vibes that was in Sahara. Like all this is missing is Steve's on. I got to say, though, the special effects look really good. Yeah, it did, uh, which is a testament because the special effects in Resident Evil have uh, yeah. progressively gotten worse. And, you know, like I said, like, I don't hate his movies, you know. Mortal Kombat, the first one, was actually pretty decent. 
Um, yeah, but that was like ninety six, dude. It was. Like there's, we've got to like move on from nineteen ninety six. I I was starting to uh, watch Resident Evil one the other day. It's not awful. Yeah. Um, no, I like that movie. F- one and two are good, and then three just, and then just yeah. The budget got more, uh, bigger, and the movies got worse. Yeah. Will I see it in theaters? Probably not, but I'll definitely watch it eventually. It, it looks fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, this comes out December 30th, I believe. This isn't going to theaters. It keeps saying it's coming to theaters. There's nothing going. This might be the only movie playing in theaters. Well, look what I showed you last night. Um, coming to America uh, was bought by Prime, which I'm excited for. I've been excited yeah. for that movie for a while, and it's even better that it's Prime because I can watch it. In my underwear. Yeah, this is going straight to VOD. Yeah. Uh, 100% VOD. It moved up. This is this and Free Guy are two movies that, you know, I'm going to complain about because they don't look... Well, Free Guy looks great. Yeah. But this doesn't look super great. It was a movie that when it came out and it was supposed to come out in September, I was like, you know, if I have a weekend, I'll watch it. Uh, I'm going to watch this no matter what because mm-hmm. it's new content and it's something, you know, it's a new movie. When was the last time we've seen a, a new movie? Like, a, not a made-for-streaming movie, but straight out of the theater movie. And this this is it. So this is what we're left with, man. Uh, but December is kind of shaping up. We got, I think, Soul is coming out on Christmas. Mm-hmm. This comes out on the 30th. And then Free Guy comes out around there. So I'll take it. Um no high, no high hopes for this one. This isn't going to be a franchise starter. No, I, I think it's definitely, it's, I, what am I expecting is I want to watch it. It's going to have some good action, some bad acting. And at the end, I'm going to enjoy it, but it's going to suck. You're going to forget about it in two months. Yeah. I mean, my it's. My favorite thing, my favorite thing about this trailer was at the end where they do the, the rolling credits, like for the title. And it says Mila Jovovich, Monster Hunter. I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. I, she's great, and I love her, but she's not a leading lady anymore. No. I mean, uh, I thought her career was done when she was in Hellboy. Yeah, well, listen, if her husband's still making movies, she's going to have – she's going to be in them. <laughs> True. It should have said, my wife, Monster Hunter. And that, like, that's that's his claim to fame. He's like, look, listen, I, I can get a movie. It's got Mila Jovovich in it, T.I.'s in it, so, you know, he holds weight. Uh, Megan Good, she's in Shazam for twenty minutes. Yeah, we're on our way. So it is what it is. I'm listen. I'll watch it. I'll have fun with it. We might review it. Who knows? Let's go into some news. You want to talk about some news? Sure, we'll talk about some news. Yeah, let's uh, let's first talk about uh, a movie that was announced uh, a day ago, and it's a movie that's been talked about. It's a prequel. It's causing a lot of people to be a little frustrated because the. The person who played the character is not attached to this. And we're talking about Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, it found its cast. And it's a stacked cast for the first three people that they got. Yeah. Uh, Anya Taylor. Yeah. Anya Taylor Joy from Split, New Mutants, Glass, uh, Emma. She was in that movie. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. We know his credits. And uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II from, uh, you know, Watchmen, uh, Jesus, uh, Aquaman. He's been in tons of stuff. He's, he's like an up and coming. And he's going to be in Candyman whenever that comes yes. out. Yes. And he's an Emmy winner. He just recently won an Emmy. So uh, it's he's one of the most up and coming actors, I think, in oh, Hollywood yeah. right now. Uh, and he's destined for greatness. Also was in uh, Us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. For a cup of coffee. But um, 
What do you think about this uh, this series, this movie that's coming out? I'll be honest with you. I was one of the very few people that hated Mad Max Fury Road. I didn't like it at all. I I watched it. Uh, people rant raving about it. It was Oscar buzz, and it came out on uh, DVD. I rented it from Redbox, and I was like, no. Nah. It just... Not for you. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. I mean, I know a lot of people loved it, and a lot of people, you know, hailed that it was great that George Miller came back to the Mad Max fa- um, franchise, and, uh, you know, this was great. But to me, I, I didn't like one second of it. So what do you think about the prequel being announced? You're not in. You're not in for it. I mean, I don't. Know. I'll probably watch it just because it's new content and stuff like that. But and it's got a great cast. It really. I mean, so did Mad Max Fury Road had a great cast. But um, I didn't see is George Miller attached. Yes. But I. I mean, will I watch it? Yeah. You know, um, just because, like I said, new content, great cast. But I'm not really looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, this is something that kind of, like I said, it kind of came out of the blue because it it was talked about and then it went under the radar for so long. Uh, I know a lot of people are up in arms because Charlize Theron's not casted in it because she played Furiosa. You could kind of de-age her. You could let her do her thing. Uh, I don't think uh, Anya Taylor-Joy turns into Charlize Theron. No in the future i don't think they have the same facial structure or anything so it's it's a weird casting but she's a great actress and she's a great up-and-coming actress um you know she was the bright spot in new mutants she's fantastic in the split series so as far as this goes like i'm excited for it because i did like mad max fury road it was it was a new introduction to mad max i hadn't seen them since like the 90s so seeing this one i was like well this is pretty good uh where am i with this one i will see uh i'll watch it for sure I'm going to go in with a middle bar for this one. It's not going to be Oscar-worthy, I don't think, like Mad Max Fury Road was. But I think this is going to be what you have liked to call a popcorn flick. I think that this is going to be a great movie to sit back, some kick-ass action, and you can just, when you walk out of it, you feel you feel good. And you know where it went. Like, this is just, this should be a one-and-done movie. It should. This leads you, yeah, this, this should not be a prequel trilogy. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? What we do know is that the Green Lantern series is finally getting some buzz of this hubbub that we've been talking about for months. Uh, Greg Berlanti is attached. It's coming to HBO Max, and they found their lanterns. They found uh, Alan Scott, Guy Gardner, Kilowog, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Sinestro. So what do you think about this? I mean, I'm leery that it'll never happen because it's been talked about for years um i i think it's cool that uh you know we're definitely get a greenland series you know hbo hopefully throw some money at it so we get uh because it, a lot of it's gonna be cgi you know what i mean i mean you're you can't do a practical green lantern movie i mean you could you run around with a green flashlight and a laser pointer and then you just use your imagination <laughs> but um I, I, I like the lanterns that they picked. Obviously, Sinestro has to be in it because, you know, it's like, you know, Green Lantern. Does he have to be in it? I think so. I mean, Sinestro is such a great character. Um, and we saw that with Mark Strong in the Green Lantern movie. He was like the bright spot in that entire movie. So, yeah. can, you know, I, I think you need to. I, I've always loved Kilowog. It's just like a big old 
I don't even know what kind of alien he is. He's like a space warthog. He's like Pumbaa, who like became a He-Man character. But I, I, I like that we're getting Simon Baz. The look is great. I hope we get the Simon Baz look. Um, with the yeah, hood. With the face mask. He looks like a, a loose luchador. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it kind of goes across the board. And then, you know, we get Jessica Cruz, I think is great. But I, I will hold my breath until this actually starts to get into production. Well, it's in production because they found a, a, a producer and a, a um, when I mean when we start like seeing cast and um, stuff yeah. like that, you know, actual like you know how many times have something said, oh, we're in pre-production, but never sees the light of day. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, HBO Max has a lot of uh, high hopes for their new series and stuff they're bringing. So hopefully, you know, they deliver on this one. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the couple things that came to mind when I heard about it. Uh, I'm excited about it because we finally get a Green Lantern series that could cross over into maybe the Berlantiverse, maybe the HBO Max universe with the Titans and all that stuff. Uh, but what kind of stuck out was Hal Jordan and John Stewart's name, who were probably the most popular of the Green Lanterns, were not uh, added to this casting list, which makes me think that they're going straight to the movies. Uh, which isn't a bad idea. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. And you let the the Lantern Corps take over on the little screen, kind of like what they're doing with Batman and the Gotham PD show. So maybe there's your connective universe there. Another omission from the cast or the character list was uh, Kyle Rayner. Yeah. So where's he at? Um, and I know he's kind of like that brash, egotistical jerk uh, of a Lantern. And... A lot of people are like, well, we haven't got to that point yet. But Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz post-date Kyle. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where we go with that. Um, he's big in the the Metal series right now, or the, well, the Met Battle of the Multiverse uh, issue. So I'm curious about that. To your point about Sinestro, it kind of bothers me that he isn't in the movies because I feel like he is an A-list movie character. Yeah. Um, I would have liked this to go into Atrocitus and the Red Lanterns. And... Will go there because I I picture Sinestro as a villain. Yeah, but you know if they do make a Green Lantern movie, now that not saying Sinestro is off the table, but do they go Red Lantern for the movie? Something different. I hope so. Uh, my you know where I want I want Black Hand to be the the Lantern enemy because obviously you know where that evolves into the storyline with Darkest Night, but I want Atrocitus on the series and Sinestro in the movies and then they can intermingle. But maybe Sinestro is like the Loki where he has his own little series and he jumps into the movie first. Like we see with the Avengers and stuff like that. Uh, I'm excited. I want some castings. Maybe next week we could do some castings for our lanterns and see yeah, where we go cool. with that. But, but I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. Uh, another th- series that's coming out is uh, the MODOK series yeah. at Hulu from Patton Oswalt. And New York Comic Con kind of came and went, and we saw the first look at it, and it's Claymation. Yeah. What, what do you think? Um, totally surprised. I didn't expect that. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. I've, I've been reading comments and stuff. A lot of people are saying it's trash and all this. You know, it, it's different. And MODOK is different. Yeah. MODOK is you know, is, is a weird character. And I don't hate at all that, uh, Patton Oswald, you know, 
I think he's just like us. He's a nerd. He's got his hands in a little bit of everything. So, um, I, I'm excited for it. You know, it's it very reminiscent to Robot Chicken. Yeah, that's what I thought too. You know, I'm definitely gonna watch it and gonna give it a try. Um, you know, a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people were upset. Uh, they were expecting more of a, you know, an animated show. Uh, yeah, like Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, you know what? We'll give it a shot. I, I don't. If it involves Pat and Oswald, I, I think it's gonna be funny. You know, it's not gonna be a serious show. It's gonna be a comedy. Um, I'm, I'm on board for it. Yeah, same here, man. Um, it's not what I was hoping for. No. I was on the fence. I was on that side of the fence that wanted the animated Harley Quinn style show. Uh, but I'm gonna be okay with Claymation because I like I know how much goes into working with Claymation and how long it takes for all of that stuff to actually turn into a, a series. So I 100% am gonna watch this, and I'm curious to see when it comes out. And I I kind of wish we knew what was gonna happen with all those other shows that were supposed to come out. Were they gonna be Claymation as well? And if so, were we gonna have a robot chicken crossing swords kind of uh, interactive universe on Hulu? But that's also the downside. It is a Hulu property, so it may be dead in the water as soon as it comes yeah. out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you have any interest in watching Hellstrom? I'm going to. Um, yeah, it comes out this week and nobody's talking about no, it. No, uh, I'm not excited about it. I'm going to watch it because yeah. it's something new out and, you know, it's kind of got the Halloween vibe, you know. Yeah, it's, it's Marvel's version of Constantine. Yeah, so I'm going to watch it. Is it going to be something that I'm uh, excited for every week? Probably not. I've read some reviews that it is uh, 100% leaving fans wanting more. Hmm. So like the pre, pre-reviews, pre uh, also a bingeable series, not episodic. They're just giving it to you one one shot. Uh, they're saying that this is uh, leaving fans wanting more. So next week, maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I got two other things that you don't know about, but you probably do. Uh, Sarah Shahi uh, was cast in Black Adam to possibly play Isis, and she's from Person of Interest. So I figured we could t- we don't have to talk about it, but she was yeah. cast as, in Black Adam. And then the big news uh, happened, I think, a week ago, right after we recorded, was uh, Resident Evil has yeah. found its cast. And I forgot to put it on our notes, and then I was like, yeah, we need to talk about this. So uh, we'll just go down the list of the casting. It's directed by Johannes Roberts from 47 Deeps, uh, 47 Meters Deep series and Strangers Pray at Night. And it's got uh, Kaya Scudelario as Claire Redfield, Robbie Amell as Chris Redfield, Hannah John Common as Jill Valentine, Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker, Evan Jogia as Leon S. Kennedy, and Neil McDonough as William Birkin. So uh, when you hear this, this little hot cast what do you think you know it's not super huge names it's uh people recognizable that's been in the genre before you know superhero genre and stuff like that um i'm i'm on board with it you know i again like i was saying i do like the resident evil series it's not great but it's fun um and the fact that it's going to be a netflix series uh i definitely it's you know netflix this is a movie my friend oh i thought it was a series nope this is a movie well it's still gonna be good um, I think because Netflix puts go. out pretty good stuff. Um, it, you know, there's not many things that I've watched from Netflix that I'm like, well, this is shit. Uh, well, you won't see this on Netflix because this is a theater movie from Sony. I swear, I thought it was. I'm, 
I'm all across. There's something going. Well, Netflix has the rights to some Resident Evil stuff too. That's where Uh, I I was confused. Then I think there's an unannounced series that's coming from Netflix. But this is like this is returned to the screen according to uh, most outlets. Okay, Uh, then maybe. (laughs) I'm sorry, I got I got crossed up. I thought it was the Netflix series. Um, It doesn't have a huge cast for the movies. Um, you know, probably the biggest star might be what, Hannah John Common because she was in a Marvel movie. Neil McDonough, <laughs> your boy. He's the most. He's probably the most recognizable face out of all. Yeah. Um, like I've seen him in that. I I don't know. I now that I'm thinking of it, do we really need another movie? Probably not. Well, if it's not, so the thing about this is it's not set. In Alice's timeline. No. This doesn't take place with Alice. So I think that that's a good way to move past that and, tell, and the the lack of A-list quote-unquote talent um, leads me to believe that this is less about the cast and more about the story. And it's going to give you a great story where you're going to get to see all these new castmates that have been in recognizable properties, you know, Upload, Maze Runner... Umbrella Academy, Zombieland, Killjoys, M- MCU stuff. So you're getting this this hot CW like cast. Like this is what CW would hope to have on their cast, and they're gonna put it into a great ensemble cast storyline. So I- I'm looking forward to it. It's set in 1998 on a fateful night in Raccoon City. Uh, so my advice and to Sony, who's not listening, is focus on the zombies, focus on the monsters. And give us a nice little horror adventure movie. And you go from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad that I got it mixed up, but it we'll see. I'll have to wait for the trailer because um, hopefully it's not like a low budget and, you know, because hopefully they spent more money on the CGI and, and the writing and the script because, like I said, the cast isn't, uh, you know, super big named. But I'll definitely see it. Yeah, I don't know when it comes out. Probably 2023 at this point because it needs to get past all the COVID guidelines to start shooting. But I just figured we'd throw that in. Um, We're halfway through our episode, and we are finally at my pick of the week. And it comes as no surprise, Chuck, because we've yeah. talked about it for weeks and months. Uh, it is Commanders in Crisis by Steve Orlando, and it goes like this. The last survivors of the multiverse live among us under new superheroic identities. Five survivors of Doom Worlds taking a second chance to ensure our world lives on. A new twist on strange superhero comics with a bleeding-edge eye on the modern moment. Commanders in Crisis follow the footsteps of Doom Patrol and the Thunderbolts as five unexpected heroes come together to solve a murder unlike any other. The victim, compassion itself. This is Ideaside, uh, a new series by acclaimed writer Steve Orlando and artist David Tinto, an intense, weird action thriller reminding us about the importance of compassion and hope and uh, in the present moment and putting fist to face along the way. Now, um, if you're interested in this book, it's out now, obviously. It's my pick of the week, but I also did a review, uh, an advanced review a couple weeks ago, maybe early, mid-September. So check that out, and maybe you can find out if you like it. So is this a book you're gonna you're gonna pick up this week? Yeah, I think so. I'm gonna make a trip this weekend. Um, there's some stuff that I just added to my pool list, and I'm gonna definitely check this out. And there's like 18 covers, and they are all awesome. 
I actually, this is the first time I think I've walked away from a comic shop with uh, two covers of the same book without, and like wanting more. Like I was going to go back and get two more. <laughs> so like that's how that's how cool the covers are. I think I got I got the the classic one and then I got the the peach uh, variant. So if you're a peach fan, go out and uh, check that out. All right, let's come to part one of a two part episode. I guess uh, I guess we're gonna call this the Spider Man saga. Yeah. <laughs> because every single week, there's so many more confusing aspects to the Spider Man three drama that's coming out. Uh, first, we had Electro is showing up. Uh, then, after that, we were we were led to believe that uh, Dane DeHaan and Kirsten Dunst are going to reprise their role later in the MCU, not in the Spider-Man Three, but in the MCU. Then it came out that Craven is still attached to this movie, and it might be a Sinister Six movie, and it might be a multiverse movie into the Spider Verse. And then you get these rumors from the past seven days: Venom is rumored to appear in the movie. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are reportedly already signed to appear in this movie. The OG Green Goblin, which would lead me to believe is James Franco, uh, not even James Franco, it'd probably be uh, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Is, is set to appear. And now Doctor Strange is occurred. So in this mess of, of Marvel madness, I feel like we live in a multiverse. Yeah. What do you think about all this... Uh, these rumors and you know obviously the 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 precursor to this is to take it with a grain of salt right yeah so what do you think i don't like it i i think a spider verse would be cool and great but not thrown it in one movie um yeah you know we talked about this before which spider-man 2 was great spider-man 2 left such a great leadway into spider-man 3 and I think with all the Spider-Verse, it's going to cheapen that. Um, I think they're doing, you know, rushing it. I think they're, you know, maybe, hopefully they're just adding Pepper it towards the end. And this is, you know, three's going to leave into the Spider-Verse. But it doesn't seem that way. It seems like they're just going to shove the Spider-Verse down your throat and say, we're just going to go for it and here you go. And I don't like it. I, I, I think it's going to be jumbled. You can't cram that much story and that many characters into a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's The only thing that is missing is like them saying that Paul Giamatti and uh, Felicity Jones are coming back as, as Rhino and Black Cat. Uh, to me, you know, I've had a lot of time to sit and digest this uh, because this is what keeps me up at night. You would think it would be like what's going on at work or COVID or anything like that, but no, it's Spider-Man 3 that's keeping me up at night. Uh, I sit sit up and I wonder what's going on. And a lot of this didn't make sense until they said Doctor Strange was confirmed. And that's a big confirmation because a lot of the, the things leading up to this have been Sony moves, it seems like. You know, we're bringing this character and these characters and all of our favorites are going to pop up. And maybe that's all of Amy Pascal and Sony's favorites that, you know, they want in this movie. But the Doctor Strange confirmation leads me to believe that that is 100% an MCU movie. And it leads me to two points the first point is that he is in it because every single movie tom holland spider-man has been in, he's gotten a new mentor it was tony stark he died it was maria hill and uh nick fury and far from home who ended up being scrolls they went back to the sword carrier now he's left alone 
He just came back from being dusted. He's on the run. He's being pegged as a murderer, and he's probably being hunted by one of Marvel's most intense hunters if it's Craven, right? He needs a he needs somebody, and it's Doctor Strange. So we have the mentor aspect. But then with everything else that kind of introduces pocket universes. We've talked about this in my WandaVision theory. I feel like we're going to see Peter swinging through different versions of the multiverse. And he's going to land in San Francisco, and he's going to see Venom. And maybe he sees him fighting Carnage. And he goes, oh, what the hell is going on? And he swings into uh, Andrew Garfield's universe, and he sees Electro and all these characters, and swings into Tony, uh, Tobey Maguire's universe. And at the end, when he comes back, he goes, whew, I'm not the only one having bad luck. And that sets up a Sony Spider-Verse movie, where this is setting up a MCU Sinister Six movie. You're laying the groundwork, because I don't think Electro is your Sinister Six. And if he is... I'm fine with that. I do not want any of the Green Goblins, even if it's Willem Dafoe. I don't want him. I want him to stay at the lighthouse doing his thing and stay <laughs> in the John Wick universe doing his thing. What I want is I want what they've laid the groundwork for. Craven, if he comes. Mysterio. Sandman, if it's John Cena or Mark Wahlberg. Chameleon was rumored. You have Vulture. You're going to have uh, Scorpion. You have the Shocker. You have enough to do your own MCU movie, and then you can share custody on the weekends with your Spider-Verse movie after Spider-Man 3, whatever the hell it's called. But the Doctor Strange confirmation is the biggest thing to me, because now I think it's going to be super trippy, because now we're messing with the multiverse. So, again, take it with a grain of salt, but... I don't know. Out of all of those, is there anything that like excites you about a possibility of an interaction? I mean, I I want a Spider Verse. I do. I just don't want it to be thrown in your face right away. Like I want it to yeah. lead up to it. Like with your theory of yeah, slowly getting there and he's going through the pockets. I'm okay with that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just gonna boom. Here you go. And yeah. I just I think it's going to be too here much. Comes, here comes too Toby soon. and Andrew. You know they they laid no groundwork because I'll be honest with you, no one thought after seeing Spider Man two, multiverse. No one. I mean they talked about it, but no one thought like oh we're going to get a Spider Verse in the next movie, because there was no inclination. There was nothing like yeah they talked about multiverse, but there really wasn't no multiverse in that movie. It was all a hoax. Yeah, it was it it was a lie. Yeah. So, you know, I I want it. I just don't want it right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I'm pumping the brakes on the the crisis train because I don't feel like Marvel's going to let us down. We've we've rode for 10 years on this train with very few bumps and very th- few stoppages. And I think that this is going to one, this could kind of end the Tom Holland Spider-Verse universe in Marvel and move him to Sony where you know, Sony wants him, or this could start something new, and this could introduce the Fantastic Four, it could introduce X-Men, and whatever you want, but the thing about this, and to the initial question, the one thing about this that makes me excited about it is I would like to see the Venom-Spider-Man interaction, Yeah, because that could set up Maximum Carnage, which is the only movie to make. In my mind, that's the movie to make. You have Tom Holland, Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, there's your movie. Yeah billion dollars right there oh it would be amazing i just don't think they could pull it off i think if marvel does it yes. yeah but if sony does it 
you know, it's going to be a pile of dog crap. <laughs> and of all, like, and of all the Spider-Man characters who aren't being discussed, where's Madam Web and Jackpot? Where are those characters that have been announced for a movie? And the one person who has a movie that's confirmed that would make better sense than all of these, based on the trailer we saw, is yeah. Morbius. Yeah, Jared Leto. Where's he at? Because we know, you know, Michael Keaton, Adrian's going over into the the Sony verse for a little bit. Yeah, he would be the big. He would be the one that I would be like, all right, you can bring him into the universe, and there you have a little more. But maybe Marvel doesn't want to work with Jared Leto. Maybe that's the thing, or maybe maybe we're just a little out of our depth, and maybe this is just a secret scene where it says at the end, everything's going to come to fruition. Spider Verse is coming. Spider Man will return twenty twenty seven. And you go on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't want Doctor. St- I don't want a Green Goblin. I'll tell you that. Get him the hell off of my Spider-Man movie at this point. Uh, I'd rather have Silk, <laughs> my favorite. Bring her in. All right, Spider Saga. We're gonna close it. Close the book on it. We'll probably report about it next week. Probably have like nine or ten things next week <laughs> that we're gonna get like, you know, Miguel O'Hara's showing up from 2099, and you know. Uh, lizards back and we're gonna have three aunt mays and martin sheen's gonna come back as uncle ben but uh let's go to the meat and potatoes of the episode a a review of the boys season two spoiler alerts to follow eight episodes Mm -hmm. what we got out of a uh, very short season two um i don't know if this was COVID delayed or if this was just what it was it seems like this is what they shot for um I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the season? I liked it. Um, the first season blew me away. It wasn't something that I was expecting. Um, and season two kind of lived up to that hype. It, w- it was just as good, if not better. Um, introducing new great characters. We got to see more storylines of the characters we already saw. Um, definitely pushed the envelope even more with certain mm-hmm. scenes. And we'll talk about that. Because that's what the one thing the boys done... That I think different than any other comic show out there, they pushed the envelope, and yeah. they they definitely did. Especially in that scene um, in the last episode that was supposed to be in the first season, um, it they definitely definitely pushed the envelope. It's you know it's a very hard mature N uh, seventeen, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, I don't really have too much gripes about it uh, except one character not sure if they'll come back and we'll talk about that later but i absolutely love this series yeah i agree man it introduced you to a bigger world and you know what we were led to believe is that there's seven superheroes in this world that we're living in and uh once there were the seven were gone you know you bring in stormfront you bring in these other characters uh you bring in lamplighter it really did its part in creating something different from the comics because a lot of stuff in the comics you can't include uh mainly stormfront's uh, outfit (laughs) you 100 percent can include that but they did pay homage to that by having the nazi flag in the background now that you know this season is a very trigger warning uh season you know you have stormfront who is america's sweetheart for a little bit and by episode seven she's talking to homelander's kid about white genocide (laughs) <laughs> and she's tr- like, you know, she's trying to recruit the world uh, to be better. And, you know, you you, you kind of know what's going on after she kills Mouse. And then you see it with her interactions with uh, with A-Train, who 
redeemed himself this season. A little bit. Uh, much better. I liked A-Train more this season. Uh, but you, you did. What you said, giving the characters a little more life was the big part. You get to see a lot more of the Deep and his struggles as he's trying to get out of deep water uh, and in, into a pool of fresco. And he's in the church and, you know, he's trying to be enlightened and he's trying to change his whole public persona. Uh, you see everything going on with Queen Maeve and her relationships and how everything is being held over her. She isn't she wasn't allowed to be gay without being exploited and yeah. and blackmailed. And it just kind of shows you where, like, you got some people have to hide themselves, hide their true selves. You see Black Noir getting a little more love where we find out he has a peanut allergy. <laughs> You see Homelander trying to be dad, but you also see the impact of these superheroes in the real world when they go to Vaultland and how the boy just wanted to be with his dad and his dad's terrible girlfriend. And all of a sudden, everybody comes up and he's got to take selfies and the kid melts down. I thought he was going to electrocute people. Like, yeah. I thought he was going to laser eye people. I re- but that didn't happen. Yeah, I really thought that kid was just going to go ape shit. And um, I was kind of hoping for it. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Um, yeah, but you you also get to see the side of the boys, the progression of those characters. Yeah. You know, you're pr- it's a very hard thing to do in eight seasons or eight episodes, I'm sorry, to dig deeper in, what, 10, 12 characters mm-hmm. with, without the season f- feeling stale. And they really accomplished that. It was balls-to-the-wall action, it was intrigue, and it was superhero goodness and badness. You get to see that the superheroes are the bad guys. So, who? what was your favorite moment of season two? There was a lot. Um, one of the mo- the scenes that kind of blew me away, not blew me away, but I was like kind of weirded out by it, was the sex scene between Homelander and... Um, Stormfront. Stormfront, when she was like, laser my tits, I lost it. I was yeah, like, it was weird. this is super weird. the weirdest fucking sex scene I've ever saw. But probably the best scene, I think, had to be in the season finale with the girl fight. Yeah, everyone was like, this is this is your A-Force moment. Yeah. You know, this was, this was the moment. Uh, I thought that was, that was great, where they're just beating the crap out of Stormfront. And, like, it kind of, like, you remember when we went into predictions, right? And I thought Stormfront was going to kill Homelander, or I said either Stormfront or Maeve. And when Maeve came out, I was like, oh, my prediction's ringing true. But then I was like, oh, she got Stormfront. But I thought that was a great scene. Uh, it, The moment for me, I think the best scene of this moment was, uh, of this season, was when Homelander comes back to find his kid. And his kid's not there. And he closes the door. And he closes the blinds. And he locks the door. And he puts his hand behind his back. And he's like, tell me where my kid is. And then he just goes berserk. Yeah. Because I think what happens there, we don't see what he does in depth. We see one splitting of a person. And that was it. And the next time we see Homelander, he's floating down like Jesus, covered in blood. That is your precursor into season three. And I know uh, Eric Kripke and Tony Starr have come out and said he's a homicidal maniac for season three. And just the kind of the precursor to that led me to like get super excited. I was like, yes, 
I want season three like in January. Like you shoot it now and you put it <laughs> out. Like don't even wait until the summer. Keep put pumping it out. Who was your favorite character of this year? It's got to be Stormfront. Aya Cash. Aya Cash killed it. You know, um, we, you know, leading into the series, uh, we knew the character had Nazi ties. So we were like, okay, Mm -hmm. how are they going to portray that? Because, you know, it's still a touchy subject. Like, that's something you don't. That's never going to not be a touchy (laughs) subject. Yeah, that's never going to, like, it's never an okay moment or an okay thing to talk about. So that's why I said they really pushed the envelope, and they did. And, you know, to have her come out that she was the first person to ever take Compound V and have superpowers. I think that was such a cool tie-in. And she was married to Vault himself. Yeah. So I think that her storyline was phenomenal. Um you know, to find out that, you know, they, they were slowly showing you that, you know, she's over 100 years old. She had a, a, you know, when the scene when she was with Homelander and he was like, who is this? And she's like, that's my daughter. And yeah, the woman was like, like 98 yeah, years old. It was like 80, 90 years old. And just what I liked about her, too, is she's very manipulative because she saw that Homelander needs somebody. You know, it was Elizabeth Shue in the first season. And this one was Homelander. And she kind of, she took advantage of him. Yeah, yeah. And she, she's a Nazi. That's what they do. Yeah, she she exploited his need to have somebody. And I, I just think Aya Cash just knocked it out of the park with that. And she was someone that you hated, but you loved to hate her. Like, yeah, absolutely. there was no redeeming qualities about her whatsoever, but it was a character like you wanted to see what she was going to do next because you hated her so much. Yeah, and the evolution of Stormfront, too, because if you think about somebody who's over 100 years old to be so in charge of her public persona through Instagram, through memes and stuff like she really knew how to change the narrative yeah. um, as great as Aya Cash was. Uh, she was the runner up to my favorite uh, who was Tony Starr? Uh, I feel like you got you got to be a, a very versatile actor to play Homelander, uh, and not lose your your stuff because like, how many milk scenes can you go through without ha- like without losing it? You know what I mean? Like he has like he's in lingerie in one episode. He's making out with a version of himself. He's drinking tons of stale milk. The version of himself is blowing him. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot more, yeah. I wasn't going to allude to that. We know what was happening. Uh, but, like, you know, I think Tony Tony Starr is legit. Like, I think this was, like, un- unfortunately, like, nobody saw Banshee. I-, yeah. I think that had a very small viewing audience because it was on it was on Showtime. But this is, like, the coming out party because it seems like season two, despite the negative reviews because it was episodic, season two is trending higher than season one. It was trending higher than Umbrella Academy season two, which came out right around like within a month or two apart from each other and which was its only comparison because Netflix was, you know, was dominating with their original content. They come out with their next superhero esque series with Umbrella Academy. And here comes the boys, the dynamite comics guys that are hidden in the background and Amazon. Almost, I think Amazon's trending to, to win quarter three of the streaming networks. 
And I think a lot of that has to do with the boys. Yeah. I'm going to go Tony Tony Starr is my favorite. Aya Cash is my second. Sean Ashmore is my third. Um, I loved his version of Lamplighter. Yeah. Uh, even though we saw him for a cup of tea. But he was he was great. It was uh, very integral to the story. And his demise at the end was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Like He's like, you're supposed to. They're supposed to be here. I'm supposed to do it in front of my statue. And he lights himself on fire in front of the statues and nobody cares. Yeah, he you know, he was very damaged and I, I thought he was great. I just wish we had a little bit more time with him. Uh yeah. I really wanted to see his character develop a little more, but the little time that we did see, he was great. Do you think maybe we see him in the the boys series, the next one? The spinoff? I think he it would be cool. I I think they kind of wasted a character. Um and, you know, he, he was great. So I, I would definitely like to see that. If it was more like a prequel series, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it could just be taking place in a parallel timeline where it might be like a few months before yeah. what the events of his demise. Because I know it's supposed to be based off of the G Men, which is kind of like the X-Men of the boys, everything's a parody. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Do you think we see more of Eagle, the archer? I don't know. You were pretty high on him in the first couple Love of it. episodes. Love him. And then he just disappeared. Because he got me too'd. He, he got in trouble with the church and that he was a, you know, was a, vic, a villain to the city. Do you want to see, Love? Uh, what is his name, Love Sausage? Love Sausage. Um, I think that we're going to see them. Because, like, at the end, when... All right, so, honorable mention for favorite moment is when all the heads explode. And in the final, in the finale, yeah. and in the courtroom scene leading up to the finale, did you think it was the girl from the mental, from the uh, superhero hospital? No, not at all. Oh, wait, so that girl. Oh, I, I thought that was an... Oh, I knew you were talking about the girl with the shaved head. Um, yes. I think that was too easy of an answer. Okay, because we, we never saw that character anymore. No. And we're led to... I mean, the way they left her off is that we're going to see her more. And I hope we do, because she was badass. She was great. Um, All of those characters were great in the... In, especially Love Sausage. Yeah. I mean, when you choke someone out with your penis. Um, yeah. I I wish... Like, honestly, I I strive to have Laz Alonzo on this show so I can ask him about that scene. <laughs> like, just... Not like what what it's like to be choked out by a penis, but what it was like reading the script yeah. and knowing that that was your scene. Like I really want to. Ask well, the thing that. is, like Love Sot, like he looks like a great character in the comics. I, I I've seen what he looks like, and um, when they saw it, like I I recognized, like I know that character. I you know did my research. I I seen it, but they they changed it. Like yeah, he has a big dong, but it doesn't. It's not like Mr. Fantastic. Like, it doesn't stretch, but they did it for the show, and it worked. It was – and that's the thing. That's like great. When, when it first came through the window and started choking him, I was like, oh, yeah. And then I realized it was a penis. I was like, oh, shit. I, yeah. This series, man, it's it's not for everybody. And, no. like, I have a bunch of friends who like comic book stuff, and I don't want to recommend this to them because, like, I don't want them to be like, oh, this is the inner workings of your mind. You like watching people get choked out by penises and stuff? Like, no, I just enjoy watching that content. Uh, the comics are great. The people behind the publishing company are a little troublesome, so I don't really like to talk about that. But 
I like the comics. I'm still reading Dear Becky. Uh, and, you know, we, we've gone probably about 15 minutes in this review. And we haven't mentioned Carl Urban or Jack Quaid. No. Who were both amazing. Yeah. Aaron Moriarty was also amazing. Um, I could go on and on. But I think, like, I would like to just see a Seven series and then the Boys series. Yeah. Definitely. I, because, like, honestly, they – They've casted a bunch of people that I love and I want in everything. I think Jack Quaid is amazing. I think uh, Tomer Capon is an awesome character as Frenchie. Yeah. Uh, he might be my favorite character of the series. Lazalonzo, we said, we can't say enough of good things about him. Karen Fukuhara. Yeah. Awesome. I just wish she would talk. She, I've, one of the best scenes with the girl fight, and she just starts yeah. laughing. And. You know, because I was like, okay, she killed her, Stormfront killed her brother. What is she going to do? And then she starts laughing. And then Stormfront's like, what the fuck are you laughing at, bitch? And then it just went off. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you see Queen Maeve coming into that moment? No, because she kind of came out of nowhere. Like, they're, yeah. they're in the woods. They're, you know, f- little far from the cabin. Just Queen Maeve just comes out of nowhere. Like, hey, what's up, bitches? I'm going to, let's fuck her up. It, it was kind of a weird, like, it was a cool scene, and I love the scene, because obviously it was my favorite scene, but how, you know, where did Queen Maeve come from? Like, how does she know they were there? Was it a tracker? Like, I know they talked to her before all that happened, because Queen Maeve helped get out that story, but, you know, of um, Stormfront being a Nazi, but it just, she kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, but... I think it was the tracker. They all have trackers in them, and Starlight didn't, so she followed Stormfront's tracker or Homelander's. Okay, that kind of you makes know what I mean. Sense, but it was just kind of a I, like I, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I kind of picture, and I kind of would like Queen Maeve to enter every scene like it's a WCW promo, where like it's a bunch of vape smoke, and like she walks through because like all she every time she's like not doing super heroic stuff, she's vaping. So I really like to just see a cloud of like juicy fruit smoke. And she just appears in it, but who knows? That's just me. Uh, what are your hopes for season three? Oh man, um, I hope Stormfront isn't dead. I don't think she is, um, and Aya Cash said that she isn't because she was kind of looked like Anakin Skywalker in uh, Episode Three. You know, yeah, burn up. I don't know if she had all her appendages. Uh, I don't think so. Don't she know. didn't. They're call- they're calling her Stumpfront on the internet <laughs> um i i like to see that i like to see progression of uh the kid i want to see what happens yeah. with him um and then i want to see the new characters that they're bringing in uh you know um my my favorite jansen ankles um yeah soldier boy and and then uh did we get a confirmation that uh jeffrey d morgan is officially casted no we haven't heard anything since that rumor, which kind of leads me to believe that he was supposed to be Storm, uh, was supposed to be Soldier Boy. Okay. Um, which is a little disappointing because I would like him to be Tech Knight, but you know, I don't think we're gonna get him. But you know, I, I want, I want to see that. I, I want to see what happens with Homelander because the last time we saw him, he was jerking off the side of a building onto people, onto people. Um, and he's, you know, he lost his girlfriend, supposedly, 
lost his son. Yep. Um, vault is crumbling around, crumbling around him. You know, he he's kind of lost everything. And like you were saying with the homicidal maniac, like I want to see where that leads to. He's kind of just yep. lost his shit, and I don't know how you can stop him. Well, it's going to be Batman versus Superman. You're going to need everybody to stop him. And it seems like they're kind of all on the same page now. Um, A-Train's back in. He helped Starlight. Uh, Maeve helped Starlight, so you have that team. Uh, Black Noir, we don't know what's going on with him. He had a uh, an Almond Joy shoved down his throat and closed. Uh, so, But I know he'll come back. Uh, there's There's a lot to Black Noir that we have yet to see, and I can't wait for that to play out. Um, but then Soldier Boy comes in, and a lot of people are saying Soldier Boy is worse than uh, Homelander. So I'm curious to see where that goes. I'm also curious to see who the seven are at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, are they going to be able to do the PR moment and, like, put a brave face on? And I don't think so. I, I don't think there's no turning back from that. So, you know, um, I, I see Queen Maeve out, Starlight out. Um. I think A Train's still in only because they don't know that he was the one that turned. But they're all in because at the end of season uh, season two, they do the press conference oh, with yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, yeah, I, I and they are they are putting on that brave face. But at, when I said who the seven are, I want to know exactly what members are the seven because we have Homelander, Black Noir's hurt, we have A Train, so that's two, Starlight and Maeve, that's four. Yeah. The Deep isn't part of it. Uh, I also want to know what goes on with the deep because I feel like he's going to have a, a big moment in season three. Yeah. So is Soldier Boy that fifth member? Black Noir is on the bench, so we'll count him as a sixth. Who is the seventh? The the what was it? Blind Fury. He's out. Um, he's dead. He's dead. Blind Spot's dead. Um, the the Red Racer. He's dead. So Lamplighter's dead. Translucent's dead. Storm Stump Frump is still around. So maybe I don't know. I, I'm. I would like more members of the seven to come out. Um, I'm pro Tech Knight. He's a terrible character, but I want to see him in my show. Uh, I want to enjoy that. But I don't know, man. I I want the the main thing. I agree with you is I want to see more of Homelander, and I want to see the the progression of his character, and I want to see the progression of the Congresswoman and Huey's relationship, work relationship, and yeah. what goes on there, because she wants to do away with soups, yet she's a soup terrorist who goes out and he was she's blowing up everybody. She's got more blood on her hands than the boys. Yeah. So uh, I'm very curious about that. I want to see if that group bands together again. We, we see Mother's Milk going back home and seeing his family. We see uh, Frenchie and the female doing their thing, or Kimiko doing their thing. They pissed off the Paris. Billy's being Billy. His girlfriend, his wife's dead. The boy, I don't think we see him until later. Uh, and Huey's working for somebody. So the boys, the band's gone. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what happens. And, you know, let's talk twists for a second. Could we ever see Homelander and Billy team up? I don't know about that. <laughs> That's a, that would be a huge, like, what the fuck moment. Um, I, I don't see it happening. It would be cool. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen either, but uh, what a moment. I, if, I just want to see Carl Urban and Anthony Starr have more scenes together because it's amazing. Yeah. Last but last but not least, I will say I want like five or six new characters. I think we're going to get I, them. 
I want it. I want it to evolve more. Uh, I'd like to see Huey's dad come back. I'd like to see Simon Pegg walk through the door again. Maybe Nick Frost comes in with him. That'd be fun. And they could be like they could be partners in a new universe. Who knows? But uh, I'm gonna give it a five out of five. Five stars. No, you know what? I'm gonna amend that because it's the boys. I'm gonna give it seven out of seven. Ooh. Yeah, you know uh, I'm here for here for the cliches. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. It's it's one of the best writ. I think it's one of the best written television shows out there right now. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. The storyline is great. The characters are great. Um, it's not for everybody, like you were saying earlier, but I I, th- I think they have a winner on their hands with the boys. Yeah, and I think anything that uh, Evan and Seth Rogen get their hands on. Uh, is going to be gold because Preacher was fantastic, Future Man's great, and now you have the boys. So uh, keep up the good work, fellas. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put it and I'm gonna speak it into existence, Chuck. We're gonna have a couple cast members from the boys on by the end of 2020. I'm just awesome. gonna put it out there. Uh, now they, it seems like they don't have anything to do. We can talk to them. Uh, but that's it, man. We're gonna get out of here next week. We got a lot of new news to talk about. We're gonna talk Spider Man probably. We'll talk Hellstrom. We'll talk a lot of stuff. Maybe do our Green Lantern fan casting. But we're going to get out of here. Uh, it's been We're in bonus minutes. Uh, one minute over. <laughs> but you can you can follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast, uh, the Active Geek on Instagram, Active Geek underscore on Twitter, Active Geek on Facebook. You can follow Chuck, A-G. Uh, you can follow Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the Active Geek. You can follow A-G Cosplay on Instagram, at A-G Cosplay. You can support the network by listening to Galaxy Wars every Monday. This Monday, we're doing a Cobra Kai review. Oh. And we're very, very pumped about that. Yes. So listen to that. And you can see my beautiful beard on YouTube at the Super Late Show. We got about five or six episodes up. So you can check that out and hear me talk uh, geeky goodness. And yeah, next week we'll be back. So for the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.